Welcome to the Your Inner Babe podcast, Set That Bitch Free. Obviously, I'm here with, I want to call you an idol, if that's okay with you, because you're fucking incredible. (laughs) Shanae Alexander, you are my idol, queen of badassery. So thank you for being here. Thank you. I'm going to own that description, (laughs) but certainly that is is very flattering. Thank you. I'm really excited. Of course. Okay, so I want to start off by asking this question that I actually ask all my clients. I want to know what's going well. I love asking people this because I feel like we're just so programmed to fixate on what's not going well. So we sort of like magnify all that we like still have to accomplish and we minimize the actual shit that we've accomplished thus far and like disregard the little wins or anything that could actually motivate us. So I would love if you could give me like a few things that are currently going well for you or, or have gone well within the last week? Um, well, I think for me, something really amazing in my career is that I had a first meeting for a book agent to start my new book and they really love the concepts and I think they want to work with me. And so they, they work with some of the biggest names in the world to write their books. And the fact that, you know, they were at all interested in me you know, reinforce my sense of confidence. And that was a a really big one. Another good thing that's happening is that I love therapy. I'm a huge advocate for therapy. And I was testing out this therapist a few months ago. I, I wasn't like fully jiving. So this week I've opened up my search again on the hunt for a new therapist. And I've got it narrowed down to some some names that I'm going to start checking them out. I love that. That's something really like that feels positive. And I think for me, therapy is just really a gift for yourself. And so that feels good. Couldn't agree more. And yeah, it's it's been like a beautiful couple last days in New York, which, you know, if you don't live in New York, <laughs> you won't understand how like a sunny day after like a month of cold and rain feels. Oh, it's life changing. Yeah, it's euphoria. So (laughs) I've just been trying to really enjoy sun on my face. Like today I was standing on the side of the street waiting for my Uber and I felt like a weird sensation on my foot. And I looked down and um, it was warm enough to where a piece of old gum had melted melted on the sidewalk and it was Mm. in my shoe. And at first I was like, fuck. I have gum on my shoe. And then I was like, oh my God, I'm so glad it's so warm and it's warm enough to melt gum. (laughs) No, but like what a shift. Like that's such a positive shift. I love that. Next time I step on gum, I'm going to be like, at least it's warm enough for me to like get this stuck on my shoe. Exactly. It it was was Uh, a really (laughs) nice moment. I was like, oh, I can just appreciate this is something I've been wanting for a long time. (laughs) I feel that. Trust me, I'm in Chicago and it's been brutal. So I get it. Um, but I love what you said about trying out new therapists. Like to me, therapy is like dating initially, like when you're trying to find the right match. I feel like people get so discouraged when they're looking for a therapist because they'll go and they may not vibe and then they're like, fuck this. And it's like so about finding the right match. And I totally agree. It is, it's such a gift. So I love that that is something that's going well. Yeah. And I am seeing therapy for a time that I really feel like things are really going well for me. Um, so that's always something I like to drop into for people is that therapy isn't for when you're feeling hopeless. It can be, 
mm-hmm. but it can be for moments that you feel really grateful and you feel full and you just want to work on yourself, you know? Totally. And those are actually the times I find to be most productive in therapy. Yeah. I'm the same way, especially with what I do and with coaching. People are like, well, what's wrong? And I'm like, nothing's wrong. Nothing has to be wrong to want to deepen the connection that you have with yourself and go further. So thank you for all these things that are going well. I don't know. I just feel like when we acknowledge those things, it's like a, it gives you like a jolt of energy. It's like, Absolutely. fuck yeah, all this shit's going well. And I think re- remembering that like you can count your tiny little wins during the day. Totally. Get it down to like gum melting on your shoe. Absolutely. I love it. I do. I really do. And then this book situation, please tell me when you do the audio book, like you'll record it. Yeah, of course. Of course. Okay. I need you to record it because I need to listen. <laughs> But when you were younger, did you imagine your life to look like it is right now? Did you imagine, oh, one day I'd write a book and I'd have a podcast and I'd be this influencer who so many women of all ages look up to? I personally thought I would be on Broadway when I was younger. I was like, oh, I'm going to like be such a performer. And that's obviously not the case. I would love to know where you thought you'd be versus where you are today. Um, yeah, no, I never, I never expected myself to be doing probably because, you know, the internet didn't exist when I was young. So I I had no concept of like having people know you outside of the world. But, you know, when I was probably eight, I was doing a play at church and I was like, in the play, I was like a reporter, like a news reporter. And I think I was probably like reporting on the birth of baby Jesus or something. (laughs) But I remember after the play, this old man kind of came down I mean, I was standing on the front lawn of the church and he knelt down into the grass. And that was like an interesting thing for like an old man to do anyway. Usually, you know, adults just like bend over to talk to kids. Mm -hmm. Um, And he got on his knees and he looked me right in the eye and he said, little girl, you're going to talk to a lot of people someday. And I remember for some reason, out of all the things that people ever said to me, like that really stuck. Yeah. Um, and it made me think like it really did. And it, and even as like an eight year old, I didn't ever comprehend what that meant, but it ended up being true. So, you know, I don't, I don't know if the things that people say call out things in you that exist or they place ideas in your head. I'm, I'm not sure, but I look back at that moment and, and go, someone saw what I was supposed to do before I could see it. But yeah, growing up, I mean, I was always like, you know, putting on shows for my parents and, you know, I always kind of was the person who was easy to meet new people and had like a business sense. But, you know, I had no desire to be famous. I I not that I am, but like I had no desire for people to know me outside of like my circle. Mm -hmm. And I still don't. I mean, I, I want people to receive messages that matter. And so me being in front of a camera or writing things or whatever on a or speaking on my podcast like those are ways to do that but that was never my dream. So yeah, that's wild that he that he called that out in you. I love that. It was really really cool. I mean, honestly, it was something that I think back on now all the time. I'm like, man, that was kind of crazy. And you know, I I he, he's not alive anymore, but I wish I could go back to him and be like, that really impacted me. You know, I, I wish yeah. I could kind of go back to people and say the way in which they've shifted your life or or just 
you know, how, what their words were tied into your story. Absolutely. For sure. Did you, like, when did you start bringing on a wellness perspective to your journey? Obviously you're reaching thousands of people, but was it always because of of wellness? Like, did you think that you were going to be this, I would call you like a wellness icon? Well, that, that makes me happy. um, (laughs) No, I mean, I, I think I'm so glad that I spent much of my life not being well because Mm -hmm. it taught me about being well and it taught me the difference. And then it also showed me that you can be happy and not focused on your wellness. Like those are two separate things and that focusing on your wellness doesn't necessarily make you happy or quote unquote, uh, you know, a wellness lifestyle. And so, no, I am, I started talking about wellness um, in 2015 publicly because um, I was basically interviewing for a job for ClassPass and I started my Instagram account talking about fitness because I was applying for a social media job there. So I was always interested in fitness and wellness. Well, not always, but up until that point about mm, probably eight years, I had been kind of focused on, you know, learning more about my body and, and getting to a healthier lifestyle but I had never really shared that online. It wasn't something I felt passionate about sharing online. But when I started the Instagram account, just because of the interview, I didn't get the job, but I did really find fascinating talking to women all over the world about something, like something other than what I would talk about with just my friends. Yeah. And I wanted to share a unique perspective on wellness because the traditional wellness fitness world I found very toxic actually. And so I was like, well, I want to be part of this because I want to speak to something different. And I Mm want to speak to what I would have needed to hear and what would have really helped me as I was seeking out um, being well. And also talk more about being well in like a soul deep, brain deep sort of way, not just, you know, looking well. I think that's the Mm -hmm. difference. So yeah. I found it compelling after I started to talk about it and that people started resonating with what I had to say, but also spent a lot of time listening to what people needed. Yeah. I feel like we get so caught up, especially with social media, with the whole wellness equaling working on your outside. And it's like so much deeper than that. It all starts like train your mind, in my opinion, before you train your body. 100%. And I just feel like it's so true. It's like we as women also get so caught up in that comparison mindset and we sit back and compare ourselves to other people and we don't ask the questions that we, that are like burning inside of us. And I feel like that's why your, your podcast press send resonates with me so deeply because you're answering these questions that we all have, you know, and you're just answering them in such a relatable in a relatable way. And that's what I love about your platform is you take wellness in such a relatable direction. I hope it makes people feel like they can be part of it and that they are. Honestly, mm-hmm. I that's what I really want is, you know, wellness to me sometimes may be a kale salad. Wellness mm-hmm. to me is, might be a glass of wine. Mm-hmm. Wellness to me is taking a day off from the gym to spend time with your significant other in the morning that's as much of a wellness, like an act of wellness as, you know, 
sweating your butt off at SoulCycle. Definitely. Yeah. And like I work with clients on developing like powerful visions for for their self, like what wellness means to them or like transformation means to them. I guess I want to know like when you were at your lowest point, if there was a lowest point within your journey, did you ever dream about your highest self and what did that look like for you? Would you say you are that person now? Yeah. So, I mean, I always say that my life is a series of failures that ended up in success. I think that's everyone's story, really. And I think our versions of success can be different. And I I hate that success is defined so much in our culture for women specifically, like having a significant other, a family and having money to do it all and like a good butt. You know, I, I hate mm-hmm. that's our definition of success because it's truly not like I really found success before I found a significant other that I thought I would do my life with. I found mm-hmm. success before or what I thought was success before I had a lot of money. There have been times in my life where I have been so worried about my future that I'm like scattering to find plan B's and plan C's and plan D's you know, with work and being an entrepreneur and all of those things, like wondering if I, if it was possible that I could be, you know, an entrepreneur, if I I could start a business, if I could start a second business, if, you know, if I was going to be good enough. But at the end of each one of those worries was, well, on the path there, there was a lot of learning, but then at the end of it, it was such a, such a gift at the end um, Mm -hmm. of like, me surprising myself and life surprising me. But you know, the craziest thing was the low part of my wellness journey, which most people would equate to being probably other people's highest point. Okay. It was when I was actually my smallest, my quote unquote fittest. Mm-hmm. It's when everyone in society would look in and go, you know, oh, she's she's killing it. She looks thin. She looks, you know, I, I thought I was going to be the happiest. And I really wasn't. I was the most depressed I'd ever been. I felt really at a loss for who I was. I was like, who is this person? Like, I don't, this is not who I am. I was so concerned about how I was appearing to the world. It was just so distant from anything I ever wanted it to be. And it's crazy when you get to a place that you always dreamed of and you realize it was like, it was like the most toxic place you've ever been. And so, and I think a lot of people do that. Mm -hmm. I think this is the thing for a lot of people is that they consistently are like going after this thing and you almost miss the road to getting there and you sacrifice so many things to get there and you leave people behind and you, you don't place you know, value and importance on yourself and then you get there and it's just not fucking worth it. I completely agree with that. I mean, like I think back to me, uh, I battled eating disorders and when I was in at the end of my high school career, I guess, um, I was the thinnest I had ever been and I was really good at smiling and hiding behind that and no one knew I was sick because I just like quote unquote looked beautiful and fit. And it was just so not enough. It was anything. It was everything like you said that I thought I wanted. And then I had it. I couldn't have been further away from happiness. Where do you think we go wrong as women when it comes to that? Like wanting to attain this image or what could we do as women to shift that? 
I think the first question you had was really important because we do feel like we're doing something wrong all the time. We have been conditioned for thousands of years to believe that we are supposed to fit into the ideals of others. We have been born into a patriarchal society. It's been it's been ingrained in us since our birth. You know, I, I notice this so much whenever people write into the podcast because women always blame themselves and they always feel full responsibility for changing a situation. And often it's not their responsibility to change. And we have been conditioned to be um, magic wands for people around us in situations. We've been trained to be pack an- like animals that you pack shit on our back and we will carry it for you. Um, we're like fucking oxen, you know? <laughs> and, and the thing is, if we would be able to have the space and energy to focus on ourselves without all this societal bullshit, I can trust that, that women would be in a much more powerful position at this time. Um, if we weren't so busy carrying other people's shit. And so, you know, I think we feel this internal responsibility to conform with these things. And I think the beautiful thing is, is women are really finding a voice right now and not Mm -hmm. that they've never had a voice, but they're just amplifying what they had. And I think one of the most powerful in culture right now is just bodies and seeing bodies that look like yours. And, and, and that doesn't mean they're big bodies or small bodies. They're just many bodies. Mm-hmm. And I think for me, I remember I went on my very first press event and they were flying me to LA for it. And there was about 20 of us. And I was the only one that was like a size medium, size eight, 10. Like everyone else was tiny with like six packs and we were working out and everyone's in a sports bra and I'm in the tank top. Cause I, at the time I was like, I don't want to work out in a sports bra, you know? And it wasn't because I really hated my body. It was just cause I was like, that's just not like, I just don't feel as comfortable. Yeah. You know? And, um, I mean, now I don't give a shit, but, but at the time it was really hard for me. And I it was kind of like, why am I here? Like, why, why was I invited? I just don't, I'm the odd duck out. After the first day, I really wanted to, it made me feel like I wanted to like crawl into a hole because I, yeah. I was just like, oh God, I feel so different. Like, why me? Why me? And I, I don't often go down the deep, dark spiral, but I did that day. And, you know, I woke up the next morning with this vision that I and meant to be there because, you know, we need people to stay in the room. We need people that stay in the room consistently because it's not that they're there to prove a point. It's that when someone else looks like them, walks in the room, that they don't feel alone and that they can see a little bit of themselves and they feel welcome. And so for me, that's been kind of my thought with fitness, wellness, doing modeling, doing things in commercials that I've done rather than having the why me conversation with myself, having the conversation of like, I'm so glad I'm here. I just, I literally love all of that. I just feel like you, you are the epitome of confidence. Like, can you pinpoint that shift? Was it that day specifically when you went from being why me, why am I like this versus everyone else? And you shifted to like, this is me, accept me. Hello world. I love me. When was that? I think we have so much frustration surrounding being happy with ourselves because we think it has to be a light switch. 
And it's not really a light switch, you know, it's a slow build. And sometimes you're more in belief of yourself than other days. And I think being okay with that, like I still have days that I feel like shit about myself. Like that's why I don't like the term body positive because I prefer the term like body confident because the thing is, is, is if you say I'm body positive, well, what happens on the day that you aren't? Yeah. I love it. Then you feel like a failure and then you're feeling like a failure for feeling naturally shameful about something. And it's like, okay, we're now shaming our shame and then you're in this crazy spiral. And so for me, it was never a day. It was everything from when I was probably seven sitting on my, I remember sitting on the back porch of my house in Texas um, and I was by myself outside and I looked down and I looked and I saw that I had like little tiny calf muscles. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I had never seen calf muscles on a, another kid, but I remember looking down and seeing calf muscles and being like, I like that. And I remember the day like so, so clearly. And it wasn't this huge moment, but it was a time where I looked down and I was like, that's something different about me that I like. And then you have days where you're like, posing naked and you feel like a fucking queen. And then you have days when you're like, all I want to do is wear a sweatshirt and have no one talk to me. Totally. We're allowed to have the spectrum of days. And I think that's where we don't feel like enough or we feel unique is that we don't let ourselves have a spectrum of days. And so it wasn't a light bulb. It wasn't any specific moment. It was like a slow build of feeling confident through truly focusing on the things I was good at, constantly reminding myself that we're more evil to ourselves in our own minds, surrounding myself with people that uplift me, working on things that make me feel intelligent and sharp, leaning into my giftings, but then also allowing myself to have those days where I have negative thought and understanding that it's temporary. I, I think it's so interesting that you said that. I love that it wasn't a shift. It wasn't a light bulb. It just was a slow build. And, you know, it's like a dance, you know, it's a dance with ourselves. I think that's why social media can be toxic if not used in the right way, because people are only showing the good stuff. And so you think that the norm is always good stuff. Totally. When in reality, I mean, on my podcast, I interviewed a Victoria's Secret angel and she's like, oh yeah, there's like so many things I don't like about my body. It's crazy. And it's like, I don't care who you are, whether you're thin, you're fat, you're out of shape, you're muscular, you're, you know, you're 30, you're 60, you're 12. We all deal with this shit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I want to keep talking confidence because this is like my favorite conversation ever. What about some tips for not comparing yourself to others? Or, I mean, that's sort of inevitable. But I just feel like the thing that we do is is always like, no one is you and that's your superpower. And that is definitely true. But beyond that, what are some tips that you have for people who get stuck in that comparison mindset? Uh, I mean, there's some obvious ones. Like, you know, if there are people that you follow on social media that make you feel bad, um, just unfollow them. Yeah. <laughs> no, I know. It's a, it's a really simple little trick, but it does <laughs> work. Um, but then I would say on the other end of that, Follow people and seek people out, whether that be in real life or on, you know, social media that make you feel inspired and powerful. Find and and grab onto people that 
really make you feel like your best self. Another helpful thing that has really helped me, not only with my confidence, just with my time management, my, you know, in my whole life really, is to really do an inventory of the people in your life. Sit down with a piece of paper and go, who do I love spending time with in my life? Like who really gives me energy and like write those people down and then anyone else that then don't, don't scrounge around deep in your, your mind for this. Like who off the top, like who off the dome is like, who are the people that really bring you life? And what you'll realize is that, um, it's a very short list. And I would say doing the work of spending 90% of your time with those people and, that small 10% of your time with people that don't give you energy. I mean, it's not realistic to say don't spend any time with people that don't give you energy because we all have family that we don't like or in-laws or someone at work, but really shifting who you surround yourself with because the people that you surround yourself with really do instill confidence in you Mm -hmm. because you will take on their form. You will absorb and kind of reflect their energy. And so if you're spending time with a lot of people that are down and demotivated and negative and pessimistic or critical, you will be more of those things. Yeah. And so that's been such a huge confidence boost for me is really having people that are, you know, who you want to reflect. And then also, I think just leaning into things that and and doing new things that you can become really good at. You know, we get so stuck on work and finding love that we forget to do things that we like to do. Yeah, no, it's true. Like uh, we as adults, really, um, we we forget to have interests mm-hmm. outside of like whatever TV everyone's talking about, and then like finding love. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, when you really start to focus on like, what makes you alive? Like, what do you feel passionate about outside of things that you make money for? The more you do that, I feel like that makes you more creative, more sharp, more interesting. And you will put that towards your confidence. You will, because you become a more interesting, multifaceted person. Definitely. And and you can't help but exude it. Mm Mm-hmm. So true. I even think back to a post that you made recently about how like the two things that you got the most praise for people congratulated you on was like losing weight and then finding love. And I just think that we fixate on those two things, I guess we fixate on appearance, then we fixate on finding love. And it's so easy to just like drown ourselves in and give ourselves no outlet. Yeah. So I would never have said, you know, the people I surround myself give me confidence, but it's true. I'm thinking about it now. Like the people who are closest to me, like they have to build you up. Why else would you want them around, I guess? Yeah. And also they're going to, they're not only going to, you know, give you the type of praise that you should get or the type of encouragement, but they will challenge you. Mm Mm-hmm. And I think the most personal growth I've ever had is when people I loved really challenged me. And personal growth is just equivalent to gaining confidence. Totally. Besides people, the people you surround yourself with, do you think you've had to make other lifestyle changes in order to like maintain such a healthy perspective? Um, I think definitely um, making space for yourself. Like I used to really beat myself up about like not getting to the gym every day. 
And when you think about it, it's such a stupid thing to beat yourself up about. Like you don't need to be at the gym every day. It's, it's unnecessary. Like no, not even a doctor is going to tell you that's a necessary thing. And so, you know, I, I don't know why I used to give myself such a hard time about it. I felt like I was constantly failing myself. So that's just one example, but like not eating a per- perfectly all the time or, 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 um, or messing up at work, you know, like these are really small things. And giving yourself just like a little bit of breathing room, because the 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 way this relates to confidence is that we really, when we do something that we think is quote unquote bad for us or wrong, you know, or like we disappoint ourselves, like that's a hit on our confidence, but it doesn't have to be, you know, it really doesn't have to be. So this is very small potatoes in the scheme of life, you know, like yeah. who the fuck cares that you didn't go to the gym today? You you spent time doing something else. Who cares? Like, don't let yourself get down because of this very small thing. Right. Like, imagine getting to the end of your life and being like, wow, April 3rd, missed my full cycle class. What a fucking idiot I am. Like, no, no, you're not going to think about it. Let that shit go. Yeah. We would never remember that. I think about that all the time. There are so many times I like – You don't even remember it the next week. No, definitely not. Move on. Yeah, totally. I love to emphasize that prioritizing yourself really does make everything stronger. I mean, your confidence, the, the way you believe in yourself, the way you see yourself, your relationships, your work, everything, it really stems from prioritizing you. And if that means you skip the damn gym yep, and you lay on the couch with your fucking dog, great binge Netflix, like do it. Exactly. Um, so you're really fucking busy and killing it. So how do you prioritize yourself, I guess, in the context of your life so that everything can be as strong as it is? Yeah. I've gotten really good at saying no. I say no to a lot of stuff and I stopped viewing no as a missed opportunity and reframed no as a different opportunity. And so I get about 30 event invites a day. Let's use that as an example. To go to like whatever, like brand launches or, you know, go try this new restaurant or go do this or go to that. And whenever I was first working in this industry, I felt like I had to be everywhere. And I felt like if I didn't show up that I wasn't relevant or they would stop inviting me or that I wouldn't get jobs or people wouldn't want to work with me because I didn't come to their brand launch. And what I realized was, is that it was burning myself into the ground so badly that I, it was really taking away from my personal life. It was really taking away from my work. And so I just started saying no to 95% of things. And I still say no to 95% of things. I want to make time for only the people that are on that list of people that make me happy and that bring me confidence. I want to acknowledge, I always want to acknowledge first of when I need alone time or when I need time to do something that like edifies my soul. Yesterday, that was a Manny Petty and walking around wrong for, with my dog for an hour, listening to a podcast. Uh-huh. Like I was like, I just need to listen to Oprah and take my dog for a walk. <laughs> That's what I needed. And I think people feel really guilty about time they take for themselves, especially when it's not time that, that feels productive. And so I think unproductive alone time is a huge tool that people should take out of their arsenal as much as they can. I also 
at times when I felt burnout from like dating or meeting people like social burnout, I just gave myself a break. You know, like social things should never feel like a second job. Dating shouldn't feel like a second job. Um, Friendship shouldn't feel like a second job. You know, you have to really, you know, take that time for yourself to build yourself up to even be able to be functional in those situations. If, if you're going in half energy, what's the point? Totally. And I like unproductive alone time. I mean, I I struggle with that even personally, if I'm being honest. Like I we were I was traveling and I got back and I took the day after getting back, I was like, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna meal prep and I'm gonna answer all my emails and I'm gonna like do everything. And I ended up spending the entire day watching Netflix. It was like 6 p.m. and I realized oh my God, I literally haven't done one thing. And my immediate reaction was, you fucked up. Yeah. Like, how did you just waste your day? And then I took a step back, I mean, finally, and was like, no, I need it. Clearly needed that. That's what I needed. Otherwise, I wouldn't have done it. Yeah. And it's not like, oh shit, I didn't eat for the rest of the week because I didn't meal prep. Or, oh my God, like my life's in shambles. No, you did what you needed to do. You fed your soul. That was what was most important that day. You reprioritized. Totally. Binge watched Mindhunter on Netflix. If you haven't watched it, you should watch it. Um, you're just so authentic. You like drip authenticity. To me, that is the biggest compliment I could receive. So I mean that from the bottom of my heart. I just feel like that is why everything that you sit here and you say makes you one of the most influential women in the world right now. So thank you for all of these like nuggets of wisdom. I mean, authenticity is another buzzword. What do you think like real authenticity? What does that even mean to you? Like if I left the room, I would hope someone would be like, damn, that bitch is authentic. That to me is such a compliment. I want to know like, what is that even to you? What is authenticity? I love the word in its theory. You know, I love the word in theory, but um, I think now it's become like even more of an adjective of a person. I always go back to, I'm just myself. You know, why can't this be more of a noun? Like myself. She's just herself. And authenticity is actually the easiest thing ever. And it's like, oh man, everyone's striving for authenticity. And it's like, authenticity takes no work. Like, unfortunately, what takes work is conforming ourselves to be an acceptable version for others. That takes work. Just being yourself, that's going to happen. And so anytime you find yourself overthinking or having to kind of come up with, with what's the most authentic thing to say here, or how can I be most genuine? Like, just stop yourself, put the pen or put the notes app away and just say what you want to fucking say. Like in your own words, as truthful as you can, it doesn't have to be like our lives don't have to be poetic. They don't have to be masterpieces all the time. They can just be. And I feel like we praise authenticity, but we don't always praise people for just being themselves. And that's a disconnect. And so we, we, we praise authenticity when it looks like something that inspires us, but we don't praise it when it's just unique. Totally. And so I think that's what, shock, that's what makes people afraid you know, of, of not kind of curating themselves. And so, you know, anytime that I feel like I'm trying to, like, I'm trying to write something inspirational or I'm trying to say something that sounds like a soundbite, I just go, I just want to knock myself up, up the head and be like, just 
say whatever you want to say. Just be whoever you want to be. If people don't like it, that's their prerogative, but at least they will respect you for telling your truth. I love that. And I'm inspired by that. So fuck authenticity. I just want to be me. So I changed that. I actually scribbled that out. I want to leave the room and I want people to be like, she is just so herself. Yeah. And, and you know what the best thing is, is whenever you work in social media or do something like I do or you do, and someone just goes, you're exactly how I thought you would be. Uh-huh. Totally. That's my, that's my most favorite compliment is people that go, you know, of course I like it better when people are like, you're even cooler than I thought you would be. That's the best compliment. <laughs> yes. But, but really when people are like, oh, you're, there was no disconnect from like who I thought you were. What a gift. What a gift to be able to just be ourselves and have people see us the way we are. Mm-hmm. Totally. Thank you. So I want to get to this little portion of this interview. I'm actually calling it an interview. Cool. Because I want to go in. I just feel like rawness is such an attractive thing. And it's I personally look for that in people when I meet new people because – I just feel like it's so hard to find these days. Like, I feel like everything's filtered. You know, like even how we were talking about you only see the good on social media. I would never have thought an angel didn't like her body. But how would you describe the actual feeling of being in love with yourself? I think it's um, being understanding. Like, we would never treat our friends like we treat ourselves. Right. But like, the way we speak to ourselves, the way we think of ourselves, it's, it can be so harsh, you know, and it's crazy. The feeling of, of being in love with yourself, I think is just like understanding the nuance of who you are and just really being like, all right, I'm okay with it. I'm okay with like the good stuff, the bad stuff and the changes that come within for me, you know, I've had that kind of backwards journey with self-love in the sense that like I really grew up appreciating myself deeply and it wasn't until adulthood that I struggled with it you know like late adulthood and I'm circling back to like getting back to what I thought of myself when I was young again when you just have an understanding that this is like a, a long process and you have an understanding of your own nuance Speaking of books, obviously you're going to write one eventually, but if you could title this chapter of your life, what would it be called? Probably um, renewal. I like, I like, um, I like the sense that we are every day at the kind of the, the, the door frame of starting fresh. I love just like the, the thought of um, reinvention. And I think people really feel bound by time to reinvent themselves and, and to renew themselves. And so I went through like a big renewal at like 30. I went through a big renewal this year. I, sometimes it feels like it'll be like a random Tuesday. Um, but I think the power that we have is to really start fresh whenever we want to. Beautiful. Wait, wait, what would yours be? What would mine be? Yeah. Now I'm now I'm getting it flipped on me. I feel like it would be <laughs> I feel like it would be discover. Mm. 
I just feel like I have let go of a lot of shit and let go of a lot of shit. And I'm finally starting to reach the point in my life where I feel really good about where I'm at. It's like my grandma told me I was really close with her and she always used to tell me like, Jack, like you just have to let go of a lot of shit until you get to the next stage of your life. And I never really understood what that meant. But now reflecting, I have been letting go of a lot of shit and a lot of shit. And I've sort of been discovering who Jack is along the way. And so I feel like I'm in the discover phase. Mm, I love that. That's, that's, that's a great phase to be in. Mm -hmm. I'm an old soul, but I can't wait to fucking turn 30. You said you had a renewal at 30. I'm like, give me my renewal at 30. Like I'm down. Yeah. 30, um, 30 for me was just like really empowering time. Not just like the number, but just like, you know, truthfully, I was like, very uncertain at 30. Like there was a lot of things in the air. Like my career wasn't fully nailed down. I'm 33 now, by the way, for anyone listening. Um, I was like in the midst of like dating a bunch of people and like figuring out that stuff. And I was going back and forth. You know, I love New York so much. Like, do I want to, but you know, am I, am I limiting myself by staying here? And what was so wonderful about that is that, you know, when all the ball's in the air and you're a little bit out of control, that can actually feel really good. You know, it can be a little sense of like relief and just go, well, I have no fucking idea. You know? and, <laughs> and like, and having no fucking idea can sometimes be the best feeling in the world because once you have an idea of where you're going, you have to like execute. But when you're just kind of like, I'm just figuring this out, it can be very, very freeing. And I found it, yeah, and then, you know, things really started coming into place. But I think the most um, amazing part of 30 for me, and this is, again, just my journey, is that um, I really felt like I knew myself at 30. I really felt comfortable with myself. I feel like people say that. I love that. Yeah, I think it's just like, you know, that time hits you and you get into like the groove of who you are. Is there anything, anything that you're still trying to prove? I mean, like it could be to you or to anyone in your life. Yeah. No, I mean, I think um, I have such big dreams for myself. Deep down inside, I know that I'll get there in some form or fashion, but I'm like an over planner. I'm a Virgo. I'm, you know, I'm like the, the personality that wants everything to be figured out all the time. And so I think that's, you know, maybe why 30 and kind of having everything up in the air felt like a little freeing because I was just like, I can't, I can't even plan right now. Like I can't even plan right now. Um, but I think maybe the part that feels kind of like, well, scary is just that I know all the things that I want and that I want to do, but I don't know how I'm getting there exactly. I don't know the exact path. I don't have the map in front of me. I have like landmarks, but they're not specific, you know? And so just trying to deal with the discomfort of not knowing mm -hmm. how to do all the things. No, that's definitely just like part of it is I, I think that's also like, you know, why I don't really see failure and like obstacles as bad because I know they're just part of it. It's always like a gut check to know that you have all these really huge, huge dreams, but you have no fucking clue of how to, to accomplish them. <laughs> None of us do. Yeah. No, we don't. Even the most successful people in the world. Mm -hmm. I think you said it too. You were like, it's not about 
having all the answers. It's about asking all the questions until you're the one being asked the questions. And I'm like obsessed with that. It totally hits home for me. And I feel like I, for me, it's like, I'm constantly trying to prove that I'm, I'm at a place where I can ask the questions, you know, but it's just, it's not even about that. It's about just asking the questions, still ask and ask and ask and ask. I feel this way all the time. That's why I'm asking you this question. Do you ever doubt that you're qualified enough to give advice to people? Of course. Yeah, me, me too. That's like definitely something I, I'm like, why, why should I, why, why do I have the right? Yeah. It's imposter syndrome to a T. Yeah. But also the thing is, is like, I think that's where if we want to go back and put a stamp on like authenticity or whatever it is, it's like, you're just sharing your best perspective. You know, I'm just sharing my best perspective and what I've learned. And that's why community and sharing within a community is so important is because we all have expertise and we all have experience and we put it all into a pot and hopefully it makes makes for learning and it makes for wisdom. That's why I have to stay in the room. Yep. Absolutely. So then to segue into that, I guess from imposter syndrome to loving ourselves again, like what are three things that you absolutely love about yourself today? Yeah, today. Um I think I really love that I feel so comfortable um, walking into a room and telling people what I think is best. And, and, and it, it, it may not always be the best answer and it may not always be the right answer, but I feel so comfortable and I, I really do feel solid, you know, in, in speaking what I think. I, I love that I'm in a place with my body that feels healthy when it comes to how I think about my body and then also my physical body. And then, I mean, this is like a really, you know, kind of like less deep thing is I like, I really, really love my hair. I just like my hair. Mm-hmm. I've gotten blonde and I've it's so good. For like a year and, you know, I just like my hair, you know, that's just uh-huh. like something I like. Totally. No, I, I mean, it's funny you say that because I did yoga with a friend this morning and she was like, what's on the agenda today? And I was like telling her I got to interview you and she was like, she has the sickest platinum hair. I'm like, I know. <laughs> That's so funny. It's so well, good. I, I never, I always wanted to have this hair and I, I never thought I could have it. And then I eventually have it. And so it makes me happy when I see it because I'm like, I always wanted that. And you know what? People tell me that it wouldn't look good on me. And I think it looks just fine. That's fun. Yeah. Cause like, I always say like in a different life, I have lavender hair uh-huh. and, and it's funny. You said my husband's always like in a different life, like, no, don't do the lavender hair. And I'm like, but why, <laughs> like, why can't I have the lavender hair? And maybe, and maybe you just inspire me one day. I'm going to have the lavender hair and be like, why not? Why couldn't I have had that? And he'll probably love it. And it doesn't, it doesn't even matter if he doesn't, to be honest. Totally. I know. And he would love me regardless. So he'll just deal. But what is something that you would say that you take for granted? I mean, I think I take my confidence for granted. And sometimes, like I was in a meeting about my book. And it kind of surprised me because someone goes, someone in the meeting goes, well, you're pretty sure of yourself and not in a bad way. He, he was saying it in a very positive way. Like you're very confident. Like clearly you don't struggle with that. And I think sometimes I 
tend to think certain things are easy that other people find a lot of stress from. So like public speaking, for me, public speaking is very like something I do really frequently. It's something I really enjoy. It's something where I feel very safe doing it. Whereas for other people, that's like standing at the edge of a cliff on a wind. You know, like that, that to some people is a nightmare. And I think like understanding that people have disparate levels of confidence in certain things um, is something that I constantly have to be mindful of and not take for granted that I have it. I'm not confident in everything, but I think I, I have more confidence in my running through my veins than the average Joe. So I, I do sometimes take that for granted and what that allows me to do and step into that other people might have to overcome a few other kind of mental hurdles before they can get into the same kind of spaces. I never would have thought you would have said that. And I really like that. I feel like that's so true. We take for granted totally what we don't, what comes easy to us. Yeah, totally. Okay. And then I just want to wrap it up with one last question. I want to know who your inner babe is. Me specifically, or if I could be someone, because if I could be someone, I would just be Oprah. (laughs) (laughs) She could be your spirit inner babe. Yeah. My inner babe, I think, is me on my best day, but me on my best day accepting my worst day. You know, it's, it's, it's being complex. You know, I think, I think we oversimplify ourselves every single day, constantly as women, I think we oversimplify who we want to be. We oversimplify who we are. We have to be this or that. And um, I think if you're really channeling your inner babe, you're a mix of all of those things and allowing yourself to be that way. And so my inner babe is confident, but always questioning. She's sharp, but really soft too. Like I think being really emotional is a good thing. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. Like people always, you know, say that, oh, she's too emotional. It's like, wait, you're really like knocking someone for being in touch with their emotions. Like, are you kidding? You know, but, but really like this complex woman is my inner babe, like uh, being a little bit of everything and being all right with that. You just made my life. (laughs) Um, (laughs) You're a fucking superpower. Great questions though. Really, truly. Well, thank you. I mean, I appreciate you and I can't wait for people to hear everything that you just bestowed on me. Obviously, press send this book in the future, but your Instagram in general is such a safe space for women of all ages to come and just be. I think that's the theme. I think we just all need to be ourselves. Yep. That's it. Like we're going to leave the room and we're going to just be. Yep. I hope my presence anywhere feels like a friend and feels like a little bit of a hug and a little bit of kick in the ass. And I don't want people to be like me. I want people to be more Mm -hmm. more of themselves. I love it. I love it. I love you. And I appreciate you 10 times over. And thank you all for listening. I'll see you back next week for another episode, but just remember the inner babe, you already have her. So just keep tuning in to find her and I promise we'll set that bitch free.
This episode was produced by Dante32.